Hello and welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I'm delighted that you have reserved this hour to spend with me. We are talking here about the stories you live by, the stories you are writing, the next chapter in life you're jumping into full speed ahead. Some of the chapters you might be leaving behind from your real life and anything else, anything else you can dream up that has to do with your stories. I'm here to support you with that. I'm Coach Debbie, Debbie Handrich. I'm in Seattle, Washington, and I'm a longtime teacher of writing literature and essay, as well as books, speeches. I help people write their TED Talks. I help people write course curriculum. I even help people write love letters. That's one of my favorite things to do. So if you are needing a mentor, a coach, I would love for you to pop on over to my website and drop me a little note. Tell me what you're working on and where you might need some assistance. My website is coachdebbie.com. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. We are in the one out of 12 months where I redo my website. So there's only a couple pages available. But the page called Connect is the one you want to click on and just send me a little note. And within about five minutes or 48 hours at the absolute longest, I will be replying to you. And I promise you, I am the only one who reads my mail. And I will reply directly to whatever questions you have for me. Like I was saying, I mentor and I coach people through their stories. And sometimes people want to work on a book. They're working on a memoir, which basically is just a small portion of their biography that is theme-based. So there might be a theme in your life that you really want to focus on. For Diana, her theme is being a chef and how she has really welcomed people into her world by way of cooking. For Don, his theme is playing music and and specifically playing the drums and helping people understand the language of music, the language of rhythm, and how to use that to your advantage to become proficient. I also have another Don, Don H. in my world. His memoir theme was around stories from growing up, their coming-of-age stories that were real in his life that he wanted to pass down to his sons. And he really wanted to impart the message of just be wise and be careful because there is so much temptation in the world to not listen to your own wisdom. 
and that client, Don H., having had a lot of wisdom, uh, really, really wrote a very prolific set of stories for his sons that I think are quite beautiful. Also, a book that was more pictures, fewer words, but still really, really stood out as a beautiful chronology of a short period of time in this particular client's life where she was writing letters around a grief time. And they were letters to help her heal. They highlighted her photography as well as mementos from the heart. And this was a book privately published just for her family and extended friends. If you'd like to know more about private publishing, please send me a message on that and I will help you with that. That is one of the things I love to do. Another thing I love, 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 love to do is work with the person that says, I don't think I necessarily have a whole book in me right now. I don't even know if I want to do a lot of writing for others right now, but what I want to do, what is my heart's desire right now is to write for myself. And for these people, we are usually looking at the next chapter of their life. There's something in front of them that they really want to embark on. And it just feels like too much sometimes when we try to do it alone. I have one client right now. She is in the heart of clearing a lot of space for her physical life, but also for her mental life. So this clearing is happening in her dwelling. But what she's finding is that there's more space in her mental and psychic and spiritual world to now add to her life as she wishes. Another client who is very busy on the next chapter of her life is traveling the world, not for the first time, but for the second. We worked on her first time adventures out there traveling the world. But right now, she is back there on a different mission. The first time, it was a way to help her grow beyond grief. Now, it is a way in which she is really claiming her gifts. And we're talking specifically about her gifts as an entertainer. So this has been a wonderful project with a client that wanted to invest on a 90-day period in which she would commit to changing her life over the next 90 days. And it's happening. It's really, really happening. So I just bring you these examples to let you know some things that are possible. Beyond this, so much is possible. And specifically, so much is possible for you. It doesn't matter if you are focusing on your family life or your love life or your educational life, or your business life, your career, 
your free time, your retirement life, whatever part of life you are steeped in and you want to enjoy more, you can claim that joy even fuller by deciding to be very, very intentional about writing the next chapter of your life. If this sounds interesting to you, I would love to have a conversation with you. These conversations are that. They're, they're, they're talk. We talk. We listen to each other. And if you want to know more, if you want to know about programs, I'm happy to tell you about programs. But this gives you an opportunity to just sort of talk through where you're at and where you really want to go. What I find, and I am someone that usually has three mentors, sometimes even more in my life at one time. Sometimes I have a mentor I work with on a weekly basis, another one that I will work with on more of a quarterly basis, and then someone that I work with on a more on-call basis. And sometimes I change that up a bit, but it is really, really great to have a mentor who you know has your best interest at heart and wants to see you succeed in the way you want to succeed and on some sort of timeline that feels good and natural to you. Again, if you would like to have conversations about this, I would love to hear from you. And my website is coachdebbie.com. It's spelled D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. You can also write to my email, and that is debbie at coachdebbie.com. See? Very easy. Let's dive into today's topic. We're looking at this idea of the role that an author plays. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, but I'm not authoring anything, I want to do a little reframe for you and just encourage you to know you are authoring your life every single day. That's really how I see it. I've been a a student of Joseph Campbell's work for a long time. He's the creator of the hero's journey. I like to say I'm the creator of the heroine's journey. (laughs) I like to claim that, that I'm the creator of the heroine's journey. I help you understand the feminine side of the journey. But in studying Joseph Campbell and his work, I came to see what does it mean to be a fearless warrior? What does it mean to be also an armchair warrior? What does it mean to fail, to get up and be any kind of heroic warrior? What does all of that look like? What does it mean to hear or to even feel the tap on my shoulder that there's something for me to step into more fully in this day or in this next segment of my life. By listening to that, I feel very awake and very alive to the idea that I'm the author of my life. 
One thing I can tell you that I'm authoring right now is a program that I'll be launching in 2023, but I have ways that you can get started a little bit early and for a much less financial investment. Uh, If that interests you, stick around. I'm going to be talking about that in a little bit. But I do see myself as an author of my life, and I want to encourage you to see yourself as the author of your life. With that in mind, we're talking today about the role and the responsibilities of authors, whether you're writing or not, because I really believe that far beyond your capacity to even write, you have several roles of fulfilling your job as authoring your life. You have several responsibilities. And it depends on who you listen to, and it depends on what you believe that will guide you to fulfilling those roles and to carrying out those responsibilities. So I have found some quotations that have been near and dear to me. They've motivated me. And I wanted to share with you what some of these are, how I've worked with them. If you have followed my show for any length of time, you've heard me talk about John Steinbeck as one of the fictional authors that really had a lot of influence in my life as a young girl, because one of my many dreams when I was very unfiltered was to be an author. It just sounded like one of the most wonderful things you could do with your life to create a book. The only thing that sounded more exciting to me was to become a teacher in an area where I felt just spectacular. As a kid, one area where I felt spectacular was in gymnastics. I just loved tumbling, loved it. I loved the vault. I loved these things called the uneven parallel bars. I just loved swirling all around them, building my strength. One thing you had to do to compete on the vault was you had to sprint the certain distance to gain momentum. Then you would jump onto a springboard that would throw you into the air and do stunts. I honestly thought, that might be something I go into, that I I teach that to young people because as the author of life, that just felt like something that I would love to do. And I didn't do it. And there was a period of time when I was sad that I didn't do it. Another area that I, I thought I would be more of an author of life was I thought I would continue with piano longer than I did. I I played piano for a good eight to 10 years in childhood, seven, ages seven to about 17. I played piano and really, really loved piano and really thought I would go on to teach it. And I, I didn't. I didn't. And I had to go through a certain period of time grieving that. What actually happened surprised me. I was someone that started journaling at age 10. And journaling 
became a lifeline for me. It was something I did late at night. It was something that gave me peace. It gave me relief. It carried my ideas. I I just threw my ideas at my journal. It was a wonderful thing. It grew into becoming this fictional writing place where I would create characters and plots. And that grew into me taking classes that supported fictional writing and on and on and on. And I found when it was time to become a teacher, I became a writing teacher. And I really wasn't ever expecting that. I actually looked into several things beyond gymnastics and music, and none of them happened. But writing did. And still, sometimes I'm very surprised that that's what stuck. But I'll tell you, I think it comes back to this idea that I love the idea that we all have the opportunity to author our life. It is an opportunity. It is something we have to say yes to and claim. I find I have to claim it every day. When I start my day, I have to claim that I am going to be the author of my life. Because if I don't, someone else will. And I'd prefer it to be me. So we're going to get all into this today. Authoring as a writer, authoring as the person that sees opportunity to step into the next chapter of life. If it doesn't make sense to you now, it will as we go on. So stay tuned. We're going to take our very first break here, but we're going to come right back. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Talk radio for the heart and soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. Today we are talking about the role of the author. And in this context, on this show, with me hosting this topic, I'm really speaking about the person who is authoring by way of writing as well as the person who is authoring their life story. Both. Both matter, whether you're taking pen to paper or whether you're getting up in the morning, having a big stretch and making decisions about those opportunities that are right in front of you and how you are going to work with them. If you get up in the morning and you don't see opportunities, I'm going to encourage you to take another look. And you might not want to look with your eyes wide open, you might want to try looking with your mind wide open. And this is a little bit different for some of us, but 
what I find is that there's usually a great something, a great something lingering in my heart that I really want to do, that I really want to take action on. And that is the opportunity available to me at the moment. Sometimes it's it's me thinking, you know, I really want to connect with some old friends. There's an opportunity in that. Or I'll wake up thinking, I really want to get to work right away. I don't I don't want to linger. There's an opportunity there somewhere. I might even say, you know, I think I'm going to and I have the freedom to do this. I think I'm going to take the first three hours of the day off from work because I have this personal agenda thing. Maybe I'm working on my personal writing. Maybe there's there's something that I want to do around my home. There's something that is calling to me. There's an opportunity. Writers have a certain responsibility to figure out how and when these things are going to happen. When you're authoring, you are creating. And when you are authoring, you are claiming the authority of what you would like to do. It doesn't really mean that you're playing God. And I think that's where people get a little stuck. They're worried that they're going to go too far. Well, if you do, just pull yourself back a bit. But I want to encourage you to not pull yourself so far back that you're just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for opportunity instead of seeing and feeling and believing and accepting the opportunity that's probably calling right for you. I was laughing over the break because I was looking in my feed and I saw we already have a question for today and it's a funny one. I'm going to read it to you in a minute, but I do want to encourage you to write to me if you have a question you want to work on today regarding being the author of your life and really accepting the responsibility of that. This is a quote that I really, really love from John Steinbeck. I think I started talking about him and then I forgot about him. So let's come back. John Steinbeck was a, oh my goodness, one of the most prolific authors of, uh, would I be right to say he started writing in the 60s? He may have started writing earlier than that, but he definitely captured so richly the experience of the Dust Bowl. And this this occurred in more than one of his novels. But one that shook me to my core was called The Grapes of Wrath. Now, it's not for the faint of heart. This is a, a heavy book. So well written. It's one of his longer books. Actually, if you'd like to read a shorter book by him, eh, it's pretty heavy, too. But anyway, it's, it's short. It's called The Pearl, and it it has a very moving story as well. But anyway, Grapes of Wrath was a beautiful book that, um, oh, my goodness. Eric's helping me out here and telling me that his first novel was published in 1929. I did not know that. I did not know that. Okay. 
So he goes back further than I thought. But somewhere around 19, I don't know what year now. I'm going to just guess it was 1994, something like that. Uh, It was required that I read this book, The Grapes of Wrath, in a college course. And I didn't want to do it because I knew it was going to be really heavy. I didn't want to, I had already read a great deal about the Dust Bowl. I didn't want to read more. So uh, I kind of, <laughs> I remember going to the the teacher and suggesting other books by other authors. And he's saying, his name was Father Carroll. I loved him so much. He said, why, Debbie, are you objecting? to the required assignment. (laughs) And I, you know, I gave him my pitch, but it didn't fly. So I'm down there reading the grapes of wrath and to, to, how can I say it? To brace myself from what I felt was just a little hard for my heart to take. Honestly, I started studying the craft of John Steinbeck. I sort of removed myself from the content of what he was writing and observing how he was dealing with his characters and how he was dealing with the plots and how he was transitioning us from chapter to chapter. And I ended up writing a paper that really focused heavily on John Steinbeck, the the massive, brilliant mind of a fiction teller, as opposed to the actual story, The Grapes of Wrath. I just used bits of it as supporting evidence. So I got called into the office (laughs) <laughs> and and told, you know, that this wasn't exactly the assignment, Debbie, you know, to analyze if John Steinbeck was a great writer or not, <laughs> since it's long since been um, verified by many that, of course, he was a brilliant, brilliant writer. Um, but then Father Carroll did the great gift by saying, but I, I want to take time and go over your observations in your paper, because while you are going to have to rewrite this and follow the assignment, I want to talk about what you've actually done here, because what I didn't realize I was doing, I thought I was just, you know, soothing myself from an assignment that was scaring me. Um, What I was doing was I was acknowledging his role as an author and how he had performed so well as an author in this book. And so Father Carroll initiated this conversation with me and and said, you know, you have great insight regarding story and it, it serves you to keep going with that. Meanwhile, you have not passed this written assignment because you didn't do what was assigned and you'll do it over. But I just want to tell you that what you did do merits an A. 
Now, I'm really glad he told me that because I would have gone home crying and I probably would have dropped out of college and never gone back and all of that good stuff. But what he did was he he said, you you have been inspired by someone. He didn't necessarily do what I wanted in the assignment, but you have been inspired. And because you have been inspired, you took action also as the author of this paper. And it led you into an opportunity that I hope you will allow to grow. That's basically what he was telling me. Now, I want to come to a particular quote here from Steinbeck, and it was this, write freely as rapidly as possible. Write freely as rapidly as possible and throw the whole thing on paper. Never correct or rewrite until the whole thing is down. Now, I don't know when I originally found that quote or why. Maybe it was even for that assignment. I really don't know. But it is one that has served as a bookmark for many things I have carried around. It's it's a quote on a... I, when I'm looking at this, I'm... I'm thinking that this was originally a brown paper bag that I wrote it on. So it's possible that I was having lunch one day and I was reading an article and it was in an article and I wrote it down. I don't, I don't remember, but I do remember that it gave me freedom that an author that I thought was so brilliant that could craft a story so well was encouraging me, me, in my ability to write, to write freely and as fast as I can and not worry one bit about how much is coming out of me, but to not throw a thing away. I just loved this idea. And it's possible that it was from John Steinbeck that I first heard this. I don't really know, but it meant enough to me to carry it around on this brown piece of paper that I wrote it on for a very, very, very long time. Recently, I was cleaning out, um, what do you call those things? They're like Tupperwares. They're, they're gigantic storage bins. That's what they're called. I was cleaning one out and I, I came across this brown piece of paper with this John Steinbeck quote. And I remembered I had I had had it with me for so long and I just it ended up in a little storage bin. So now it's back out and it's on my desk. And I share this with you because. If you see yourself as an author of your life or an author of writing, what I want you to see is that there is nothing you should be tossing out until you have given critical and deep thought to how this thing you're going to toss out has no job left for you. In other words, 
your job as a writer of your own life, an author of your own life, is to see that the stuff that you create has purpose. And while it might not have as much purpose in your life as much anymore, it could have great purpose in someone else's life. Now, I want you to hold this idea. If you are thinking about authoring a book, it's possible that you have, say, seven ideas that could be developed into chapters that have served you so well. Oh, my goodness, they have served you well. And it is time, not necessarily to throw them out, but to reconfigure these ideas so they begin to serve others. Who are others? Oh, they might be the audience for your book. How many others? Oh, hundreds to thousands to tens of thousands of people, just for starters. There are many authors that have many more readers than that. But what would it be like to go from holding, holding on to a quote, holding on to an idea that has served you so well, that has allowed you to take lots of opportunity in your life, and now you can use it, expand it, translate it, interpret it, reshape it, make it yours, basically create a book, and put it in the world. That's authoring. You can do it with something you're writing, and you can do it with the way you live your life. It doesn't have to be that you are a discovered screenplay writer, and therefore you are always a screenplay writer. It could be that you had a more jagged experience to becoming a screenplay writer. Most people dream, I want to become a screenplay writer and I'll know when I am one. And then they think the day comes that they are one. Most people think it goes that way. Most people that are screenplay writers will tell you it did not go that way at all. It may have even started with them being a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Maybe first they were a baseball player. Maybe they thought next they would become a baseball coach. Maybe the next thing they did to author their life was they fell in love playing baseball and they got married. And then, oh, they had a kid. And then, wow, they had to uh, do a little less baseball playing and a little more working. And now they're working at a bank. And then they're working their way up in a bank. And then, They go back to school to expand their skills, but still they love baseball. And yet they're seeing that they have this incredible knack for standing in the background at the bank and seeing how things play out and how people have really misconceived ideas about money. But still they want to contribute to baseball. But that marriage has now produced a child, a child who they will later 
I don't know, coach in Little League for baseball. And they will author their way to living out that dream. Meanwhile, they're writing in the background some screenplay about the bank. And it goes wild. And it's on stage. And it becomes death of a salesman. Actually, that last part is a true screenplay, but I have no idea if this is the story that led to it. But wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun to find out that that's exactly how it went, that jagged, crazy path to a really incredible Broadway play? I mean, wilder things have definitely happened. But what I want to say to you is we expect things to be so linear We expect our authoring, the responsibility to authoring, the role of authoring to be as limited as I'm interested in writing, then I wrote, then my book came out. And it's just not that way. We usually author a lot of life before we're ready to author a book. John Steinbeck, who is writing a lot about the Dust Bowl, really lived a great bit of life before he was authoring about these relations and the history of the Depression and what people were going through to survive. And believe me, in his books, they went through great lengths to survive. His career as a writer was not in any way linear, but his dedication as a writer went from just him being inspired by his words and his plots and his characters to sharing that with the world, sharing it in a fictional version. And millions and millions of people have read his books. There is no reason why something similar couldn't happen for you. If you want to know more, hang in there. I also want to let Carolyn know I was giggling over what you wrote in. I'm going to read about that right after the break. And I want to invite you listeners to send in a question about authoring your story. We're going to be right back. Every person with a disability deserves equity in education, employment, and their community. Sherwood Community Services takes pride in serving all people with disabilities and their families since 1957, including in rural areas and non-native English-speaking communities. Sherwood provides service in Snohomish, Skagit, and Island Counties. Sherwood is open for referrals for telehealth and virtual support for children and adults with disabilities. To find out more, visit SherwoodCS.com. Org. Sherwood, believing in abilities. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back, my friends. If you're just joining in, we're talking about the role and responsibility of authors. I just want to read to you a little snippet from a job board. This came off of a website where They were advertising the need for an author. 
And it, it was in a particular line of work. But I found this interesting. This is what they said in the job description. That as an author, you will be developing original written content. You will create ideas for more content. You will demonstrate excellence in the areas of writing, grammar, creativity, research, time management. Oh, God. And self-motivation. You will also create story elements and you will partake in the editorial team. Now, I was a bit flabbergasted when I saw that part of the author's job description included time management. Wow. That's that's really putting a heavy burden on the author, because for you, dear writers out there, you know, Possibly one of the hardest things to do as an author is to really manage time. Because what we find is that time manages us. (laughs) It manages us in that writing comes through us. And when we begin, we don't always know if we've got 10 minutes of writing in us or 10 hours or something in between. It's a real hard thing to know. And it behooves you to stay at your desk or on your cushion or outside on your patio to keep to keep writing until that muse, that energy, that train of thought has gone. It's really important to stick with it. So those were just some reality checks for what is common in the job searchers world for authors. Now, here is another thing I found. These are the roles that I saw on a publisher's website for authors. Here's just a few. An author will provide needed work for private and public sectors. An author will follow an ethical process toward publication. An author will add to credibility. An author will promote and advance the well-being of society and an established culture. And it goes on. I was like, wow, now we're really feeling the pressure. In the one before, you know, we had to write great content, contribute to our ideas, manage our time, for God's sakes. And then down here, we need to be advancing society, uh, offering, offering words that are credible and add, add to the credibility of that which is already written. Wow. So if you're like me, you're feeling the massiveness of that responsibility. And if you're like Carolyn, who wrote in earlier today, (laughs) you're also feeling the desire to maybe drop out. My job as a coach and a mentor is to help you feel guided and supported so you're not dropping out. 
So let's take a look at what Carolyn has to say, because it's probably in line with how you might feel sometimes regarding the role and the responsibility of being an author of your life or being an author of written content. She says, oh, please help me, Coach Debbie, (laughs) which made me laugh the minute I saw it. I'm deeply considering the idea of leaving social media for good. I have worked with the one, she names them, she names them, and I'm not going to go into them, Um, and says, and this last one, I am thinking of leaving as well as leaving social media for good. Would it be enough to work with my email newsletter to continue my offerings? I don't have a radio show like you. I certainly have never been invited to be on television. I'm not sure if my reach would be enough if I left this social. And then she gets into some explicit words that we just can't speak of here. Um, And then dropping down, she says, I do not want to shoot myself or my business in the foot, but I've really had it with all the outward expectations of who I'm supposed to be as a writer. And moreover, I am ready to just continue with my own creative process. Can I get your stamp of approval or at least a few words of feedback? Yes. (laughs) Yes, you can. Um, I am giggling with you, Carolyn. And uh, I know that there are more than just me. There are listeners here that understand that, that understand that as we write and as we share, there are places that we feel we might not want to write and share. We not we just don't want to share there anymore. So I would say this. It doesn't really matter where you go to find audience as long as you feel welcomed. All right. A lot of people are going to tell us that without social media, we will be nothing if we are trying to expand a business or without certain networks, we will be nothing. It is my it is my um, I was going to say belief, but that's not the right word. I'm going to go with experience. It is my experience working with writers that wherever they needed to share their message, they were invited to do so. It's been my experience working with clients that in the beginning, so much of what they did had to do with referral. It's also and deeply been my experience consulting with people that the client's people have kept were originally referred. I think we overlook the the duty we have to relating to those that we know we can serve. If social media is exactly what it says, it's social, it can also imply 
an enormous amount of distance. According to one social media I'm on, where you can have what they call friends, I have out of 5,000 possible friends, I have over, well over 4,000. But friends, that's a funny word. No, I, I might post something and have anywhere between two and 102 people make a comment or just give it a thumbs up. You know, when you've got over 4,000 people you're connected to, but only two of them give you a thumbs up, you might start to think nothing is going on. If if you can't stand seeing that, and if you can't encourage yourself to know there's far more people that are aware of what you're up to, even if they're not responding and giving a thumbs up, if, if this is becoming weighty, then I think energy should go where you feel invited. And maybe that's in front of new groups where you can speak. And maybe that's somewhere where you can send articles. And maybe, maybe for a while, you just want to enrich your personal friendships so that you feel that welcome feeling again. It just helps us as authors remember that our words matter, that we are adding to a culture, that we who love to get feedback, we, while we are not feeling that much feedback is happening, we have goodness and good people around us encouraging us. Just last night, I had a friend over on the patio and we grilled up some dinner and had great conversation. This is a friend I've had since I was 19 years old. And I love her to her core. And anytime we get together, whether it's been three days since I've seen her or much longer, there's just this knowing that we totally have each other's back. It's a knowing. Even if we don't really engage in a conversation that goes deeply into that, there's a knowing. Every single time I look in her eyes, I feel it. And I hope she feels it from me. When, when you have a career where you're writing, you, you need people around you where you're looking into the eyes of others and they're just reminding you that what matters to you matters to them and way beyond. It is, it is a role that you play by writing, but there is also a responsibility you must give to yourself by surrounding yourself as much as you can with those that will support you. Now, that said, I can tell you there's going to be days where you can't find a soul to reflect back how good you're doing in the world. So much of the role and responsibility of authoring is on the author. And that is why you need support of those that love you. But you might also need a mentor. You might need a coach. 
I am getting very, very excited about upcoming offerings for 2023. But if you would like to get going right now, I have offerings for right now. Things as short as three-day VIPs all the way to a 30-day VIP where it's just you and I. I don't have a community to bring you in. It would just be you and I doing a certain number of hours of work together to help you meet a specific goal that's really on your heart, something you really desire. Like I said, in 2023, I am unveiling the author's membership. And there, there's going to be more community, more opportunity to work one-on-one. There will even be a live retreat. There will be a couple of online retreats. Online meaning I'm there with you in Zoom as well as some other people. It'll be really expansive. And it'll be such that you can sort of check the boxes of the things you want to do in the membership, and that will determine the investment that you put toward the membership. Uh, there are also there's also the option to check all of the boxes and pay for the full investment. So, if this sounds in any way intriguing to you, I would love to add you to the newsletter or just respond specifically to any notes you have. You can write to me at coachdebbie.com, coachdebbie.com. It's D-E-B-B-Y. Just click on connect and send me a note. I'm the only person who reads it and I will respond to you within five minutes to 48 hours, I promise. We come to you live every single Thursday, my friends, with new topics every week. I hope this has served you. And until next week, namaste.